this also has me in a musical mood. Uh, I know it kind of goes even past my generation, but uh, Perry Como. I mean, all I gotta say is go Lazo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome Sacramento soccer fans to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host Luis and in today's episode we are going to be talking about our win away yesterday 3-1 in Virginia at Loudoun United FC Stadium in a game in which we had a lot of shots, a crazy amount of shots, in fact. And Wait a minute, were we have been supposed to drink a shot when they took a shot? So what, wasn't everybody kind of tipsy? Anyhow, go ahead. Oh, well, that was a thing then. Whoa, okay, I, I haven't seen the group chat <laughs> in detail, but if that was something that people were doing, yeah, I can imagine uh, how people woke time, up today. <laughs> every time Kecko got knocked down or fell down or kicked... By the opposing team wasn't that a drinkable moment just a, another way that people can get drunk then real quick <laughs> based on what was going on there as well uh, but in addition to this game we're also going to be talking about next saturday's game the big game back at hughes stadium in which uh, sharon and jared will be there i unfortunately will be in southern california that weekend but i'm going to be uh staying <laughs> watching uh, the game on the Fox 40 app, which I sure hope does not fail us, <laughs> especially because I'm really going to depend on it uh, being away. But uh, let's go ahead and introduce our hosts here. We got Sharon and Jared. First, let's go over to the city of Elk Grove to park as mom Sharon. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm a little crispy fried after yesterday's, you know, giant party that we threw for yeah, 2,500 people. Um, some people can relate to that because they were there, otherwise known as Tina, uh, Keko's wife, Patty, and her kids, and uh, Griselda, Cappy's wife, and, and her daughter, Chloe. I mean, they can relate. <laughs> so a little crispy, but otherwise, um, everything is really good and happy to hear uh, how the team did. I'll tell you what, I wasn't paying attention to the chat because I was super busy acting like the host or whatever you want to call it, MC of the event. And I every now and get a glance at the chat, or and I was just like blown away at just the excitement that we feel behind the scenes when our team plays. And I got to hand it to everybody who's on the chat. Thank you so much for all of that team love because it's super infectious. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about some other stuff in a minute. Jared, how's it going in Arizona? Well, now that I'm not off a 22nd lag, thanks to yesterday's match. <laughs> But no, it's uh, doing excellent here. Here, uh, uh, re- recovered from Friday with the two concerts I went to, and of course last night's an exceptional match. Uh, it's actually cooled down here a little bit. Uh, only got like eighty-six degrees yesterday for a high, but I know the ugly reality comes back tomorrow. But uh, still, I mean, just loved, uh, loved, loved, loved uh, yesterday's match and. Kind of wish I was at uh, Sharon's event. I mean, it sounded excellent, especially with the, the big turnout that it had. But uh, we'll definitely dive into to this match. And, of course, the Guess Who's Back match coming this Saturday, which I, I cannot wait for. I'm already mentally at the TSA pre-check line at Phoenix Sky Harbor waiting to get out there. I'm glad to hear that, Jared. Like I said, it's going to be really awesome. And especially 
I think for you too, right? Because you two have been fans since 2014. And I was a fan as well, but I didn't really get into it until 2015 when I went to my first match. But it's going to be a special occasion for everyone to be able to go back to that stadium that, you know, we first saw Sac Republic at, right? There's so many memories there. And yes, true, we didn't win the championship there, but that's where it all started. That's where we saw the stadium sell out and how crazy is it, right? 20,000 seater stadium to see that sell out for a team that had never played a single minute for players that had never been on the pitch together before. I mean, that's got to be some sort of like nationwide record, right? For any team <laughs> to play your first match and have that many people, um, especially being a team in USL. And, and we know USL at that time, right? Being USL pro, it wasn't as sophisticated as it is now, right? And player salaries weren't as great as they are now. I sure knows uh, some players had to have dual jobs and all that. So it was, it was a bit of a struggle trying to make it as a, a pro footballer back then. But now it's all changed and it's going to be really awesome to be able to uh, see another game there. And hopefully it's not the only one we see. I hope that they may play a friendly game in the preseason. Maybe eight, they could play against, you know, our sibling team, Huddersfield Town, in preseason. Maybe that's an option. Just throwing an idea out there. <laughs> if anyone's listening and you want to use that, feel free to use it too. Because if uh, Huddersfield's coming to town, I think they could fill a 20,000-seater stadium between Sac Republic fans and then fans of Matrix English football who want to see a, a team come to town. So that would be great, especially for fans like myself who will not be at the stadium. I want to go. <laughs> Please give us another opportunity at some point to go as well. All right, Sharon. Well, let's go ahead and bring Golossus of Gratitude here to the show. And now one of my favorite segments, Golossus of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some galazas of gratitude. On that introduction, I'll jump in. And I know we've been a little long in the tooth with our galazas of gratitude, so I'll just keep mine short. I want to thank the board of our all-volunteer neighborhood association, which is not an HOA, for the incredible effort that we've put in to set up and and implement this a beautiful outdoor concert that was open to everybody and it was totally free with free face painting, free bouncy slide for the kids, vendors galore, hospitality booth, raffles, good band, food trucks. Man, I'm just I'm still like spinning from how wonderful the event was last night and of course I mentioned earlier we had some special guests including Tina came and then Brett Bartholomew showed up a little later and a lot of friends Matt LaGrosse's dad was there as well as uh, Matt LaGrosse's mom both Terry and Bob were there and Bob was having a great time especially uh, knowing his son had uh, scored the first goal of the match he was on cloud nine Terry was just uh, incredibly happy so I just want to hand it to everybody who showed up last night and and shared some of the love and the happiness. It was just great. And then of course, to all of you um, in my chat, as well as everybody who listens in, it's just, it's just been just a delightful time with soccer. If it wasn't for Sac Republic, big shout out to them and you know what the squad does. If it wasn't for soccer, I wouldn't have half the friends that I have right now that I love so much and I love doing things with. So yay soccer, yay Sac Republic. Yay, Camden. Thank you. Jared, what you got? 
All right. Well, I definitely want to give a big glass of gratitude for, uh, first of all, for Friday uh, to uh, both Howard Jones and uh, Terry Nunn of Berlin for putting on a fantastic show uh, out at uh, Talking Sick Resort Amphitheater out here in Phoenix. Didn't get a chance to see Boy George because of time constraints, but uh, the Uber I was at was able to get me whisked away to my other show, which leads to my other uh, glasses of gratitude, goes to uh, the DJ known as Sydney Blue, who came back to Arizona after a couple of years hiatus. Uh, in fact, she actually asked uh, for me to uh, video uh, part of her set using her phone, so I was able to... To, to get that done so sydney if, if you're listening you know my videographer services are always available next time you come to arizona and then may, maybe next time we'll go over to uh, spinelli's pizza next door uh, next time and of course also glasses of gratitude goes out to our chat you know for keeping everything going you know d- discussing how the match went granted my uh, fox 40 feet on my xbox was about 20 seconds slower than everyone else's uh, for a change usually mine's only a couple seconds behind or ahead. And also to one of our favorites, Connor, who let us aware that uh, the Back to Hughes uh, special uh, will have some segments uh, put on social media because, uh, unfortunately, the special itself, which was after the match, was only going to be on uh, the Fox 40 TV channel, not online or anything like that. But at least this way, some of us out-of-state fans will get a little bit of a taste of uh, what that special is. and. I mean, that's that's what I've got for right now. Uh, Luis, how about you? So I want to give a glossy gratitude out to uh, my uncle, who actually uh, treated me to watch uh, the 49ers yesterday. That was their first uh, preseason game. And also I got the opportunity again to go to Levi Stadium for the second time. But now seeing it in a different light, being as that will actually be a World Cup venue in three years from now. And if anyone hasn't been to Levi Stadium, it's quite a great, fantastic stadium that we have here close by. And I can imagine World Cup time, it's going to be even more spectacular. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where you sit at, you're going to have a good view. And lots of parking lot options and all that. So if anyone's planning on going to the World Cup in the Bay Area, that's going to be a really great venue to uh, visit too. Uh, also, we went to the team store and get this. We actually saw Leeds United jerseys. Not that many, right? I mean, there's just like, I want to say it's probably their home jersey and like a children's jersey and I think a woman's jersey as well and a, a scarf. But end up funny now that I believe it was like a month or two months ago, the 49ers uh, Enterprise Group actually purchased Leeds United since Leeds United was relegated. So now I don't know who decided, but if you want to buy a Leeds United jersey, go watch a 49ers game, go into their team store and Right in the smack middle of the store, you'll find some uh, Leeds uh, jerseys. So shout out to their ownership for, <laughs> you know, bringing in some uh, what I like to call some real football there to their uh, team store because uh, I was surprised to see that there. Um, so there you have it. Also, uh, one more out to the team for getting us the victory. I know we had a ton of shots and all that, but this was one of those wins that you know, you kind of like want to say like you got the three points, especially considering that their team was uh, below on the table and should be, you know, much easier match out of all your away matches too. And not only that, y'all, but I've been doing the math. And if my math is correct, we have 27 points remaining. 
in the next uh, nine games. And yes, we only have nine games left, believe it or not. We're, we're at that point of the season where uh, there's not too many matches here. So our differential between ourselves and ninth place, right? We're looking at ninth because that's the uh, position below uh, the last playoff ticket zone. It's a 17-point differential, and that's RGB that's in that position. Well, that means, you know, we only need 10 more points to actually secure playoffs, given, again, how many uh, games are left. So 10 more points should secure us at least eight spot, if my math doesn't fail me there. So we're looking pretty good on that end. Um, There's still more points to be gained to say that we could secure a home advantage for the first game, which would be really nice. So. Let's just keep hoping we keep getting the points so that way um, we not only secure playoffs in the next two, three weeks, but we can also uh, secure a um, home playing advantage. It might even be sooner depending on what the other uh, teams do in in the upcoming weeks here. But yeah, that's what I got for y'all. All All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about this match that they played yesterday at Laudan United. 3-1 was the final scoreline. And yeah, just like we mentioned earlier, there were a ton of shots and not only a ton of shots, but we had a few shots on target as well, right? So our total shots were 19 versus 16. Laudan also had their own shots, but we we're a little more effective, right? 11 of those shots were on target. Their goalkeeper saved them so many times that they got to thank their goalkeeper <laughs> a lot because this match should have probably been a 7-1, heck, even maybe an 8 or 9-1 based on how many shots are, were out there and how many shots their goalkeeper blocked. Some crazy blocks. I think the, the great thing that Lowdown has going on is their goalkeeper. If it wasn't for their goalkeeper, they they would probably be dead last, probably below Las Vegas overall. <laughs> what do you guys think? Well, you know what's interesting is Danny had to make a bunch of saves too, if you think about it. And we're going to talk a little bit, just a tiny bit about our defense and the strategies you know that our de- defenders employed that caused Danny to have to step up quite a bit because there are six shots on target, but they had uh, plenty of opportunities. But if you look at the difference in corners versus, you know, our corners versus theirs, we were definitely breathing down their necks and, you know, in their territory quite a bit. Um, With our passing accuracy, it looks just fabulous. And finally, we are ahead of of a team with respect to possession because sometimes our possession numbers are uh, percentages are less than an opponent and but we'll still win the match however it's looking we're looking better overall with respect to stats because the team with the ball tends to score so it looks like we had the ball more and we scored so jared yeah this is definitely a big improvement over uh some of the other games that we've had in the past, um, recent past, I should say. I mean, everybody was hungry. Everybody wanted to get in deep into, into Loudon as far as uh, scoring opportunities, actual goals. I mean, Zico, I mean, I can't, I lost count of how many excellent chances he had in this match. I mean, he, he was definitely trying to get one, one in. And then ultimately, you know, everything started falling into place for us. Uh, granted, yes, there was that goal from Loudon. We'll, kind of discussed that in a little bit but uh overall great great uh night for for our boys in red and and also for uh for Danny doing his absolute best to keep as much shot out shuts out as possible I know he's wanting to hit that number 30 uh, shutout but 
who knows? Uh, he may get that soon, but definitely great effort by, by everyone uh, for, for what I can see. Yeah, I was really glad to see Luis Felipe back on the pitch, right? Even though he's uh, started out um, with the subs, which makes sense because you know he's barely coming back. But he didn't look too bad, I think, in, in the time that we saw him out there. And uh, he's coming back just in time, right? I mean, <laughs> but I'm glad that you know we're seeing injured players recover. And, you know, we're starting to see more of the original team, but also with a mixture of other players like Zico Lewis, who, you know, was more on the bench before, take advantage of those opportunities. And Zico has been really, you know, making sure that, hey, he makes a case for like, you know, hey, I might be a starter now, right? <laughs> because he's been uh, on it and, you know, it makes us really happy to see him uh, score a few goals this season already, more than I believe last season. And I think he's probably had more opportunities that goal, too. It just seems like he's placed more shots. He's placed uh, perfectly placed shots as well. And you know what? You always need those guys that aren't afraid to pull shots. What do I always say? And that's exactly what he uh, did here. And that might be goal of the week candidate, right? At least is what I'm assuming, because that was a, a banger of a shot. But uh, we'll uh, discuss that here uh, shortly. But first, let's talk about the first goal, though, coming from... El Gross Mayor, like I like to call him, Matt LaGrasa giving us the first goal of the match. And who better but Jacker to start the playoff, right? Because we know that's what he does, right? He places a, a cross, which I'm going to say it again. Russell Cicerone never giving up a ball, right? Getting in front of the goalkeeper. I mean, Russell was the big part of this goal. I know Matt ends up scoring it, but Russell's the guy who gets in front of the ball, you know, touches the ball just slightly, right, to get it away from the goalkeeper. And then not just that, but doesn't give away a ball, right? Doesn't say like, oh, the ball's out or, oh, I, I won't be able to get it. Might as well not risk an injury, right? Because he he fell down there trying to like place it, right? Trying to like lift it up right there for Matt. And he does that. Matt sees the ball there. Now, initially Matt misses, right? And we know Matt's not one to uh, do much like header goals, right? So he's not much uh, of a, a header specialist of any sorts, but I'm glad that the ball stayed there, right? He got the rebound and he ends up still scoring. I lose a few, <laughs> a few of uh, deflections there and uh, some oddity of what happens there after. But um, I'm glad he got it because if he hadn't gotten it, I think that he had more options. He headed the ball right to the goalkeeper. But luckily for him, he got it again. He got a second opportunity and he makes sure to take advantage of that and get another goal, right? It's been a few weeks since... Matt's gotten a goal and you know it's always good to get that confidence up especially as we near the end of the season here so what you guys think of this fantastic assist from Russell and then this opportunity capitalized by Matt LaGrasa well I will say the knockdowns rebounds and follow follow-up uh Maddie's good at that you know you put him in that kind of a position and he is not going to stop like what you were saying he He's a rare bird. A lot of folks, when, you know, like they take a shot, they watch. There's a lot of ball watching. Well, Matt LaGrasa didn't do any of that. Um, you know, he was going to go after that ball come hell or high water. He was get it and get it in the back of the net. And that's what we love about him. And that's what we love about Russell. They, those two are really good about knockdowns, rebounds, and, you know, like following the shot. doesn't matter if it comes off your head or your body part. Um, you know, you just, you have to keep your eye on the ball because you just never know what's going to happen. And so, you know, this is, this is classic La Grassa. And I know that the uh, um, buzz on social media afterwards was where's the belly flop. Um, but he didn't, 
darn it, you know, he didn't do a belly flop this time. He just did a standard, you know, goals celebration. But I, I thought that everything was great. The buildup was wonderful. Russell is, you know, he, Russell wants to do everything. He, he's, he's a man for all seasons and all reasons for us. And I just love the fact that he did what he did and that we had a trailing runner, which was this time it was Matt LaGrossa and nobody else. It's kind of strange to see him that high, but, um, you know, it all worked out so well. And if it wasn't going to be Matt, it was going to be Zico. He was right there. Uh, Dami was right in the box. So I think framing wise, I think we had it down pat. So it was all good. Well, I'm glad he didn't do the belly flop because we don't need another injured player. <laughs> it's like, don't, don't risk it. Yeah. Now, I think he, he may have evolved past the, uh, the belly flop now. And just like I've said on uh, so- social media, Loudon did not want the smoke from bearded Matt Lagrassa. I mean, it it, it it sounds a little odd that this is only his first goal of the season, if I heard correctly, because I, I know it's not for lack of trying because he is he has been in there any chance that he can get. And especially with this goal, I mean, he, he tried the first attempt, didn't go through. He didn't just say, oh, well, somebody else get. No, he jumped right into it. He kicked it, made sure that it, it got past Loudon and into the, into the net. So. As far as the the ball watching, there was minimal of it, but that but that ball watching was watching the ball roll into the net, not before. But he he made sure he got it forward past the line in the net and put Republic uh, into the leads. So very very awesome to see Matt uh, get back into it again, just like just like old days. Oh, was it really his first goal this season? I could have only like scored more, right? Maybe it was Open Cup or. It could have been open cup, but it was sounding like a pretty announcement for the announcers that it was a first goal of the season for him. I mean, I know he hasn't been going off crazy like he has in the past couple of years, but it's just possibly how the um, look has rolled, I guess. But uh, upon verification, we'll see. But it sounded like that that uh, they were mentioning it was his first of, of the season. Okay, so that's weird. I can see Luis tapping away on the keyboard trying to find all the stats. Yeah, I... I uh, that's just Luis. So while we're, well, let's just keep talking, Jared, you and I, and we'll just let Luis do the research. Cause I think he's, <laughs> he doesn't quite, uh, it doesn't register for him that this is Matt's, uh, I mean, you never know what it's, we're talking league. Maybe he did something in preseason or open cup. But the, the announcers are really wrong, right? Cause they have the stats like right there, but um, I know Luis is going to be looking it up and he will let us know within three, two, one make some noise i could have my computer wasn't lagging here for a quick second but here we go uh <laughs> let's see we're looking uh it looks like it was his first goal yeah they were right yeah i'm looking at it just one wow it just doesn't make sense we're we're kind of used to this probably would have been like his fourth or sixth goal or something like that but you know hey uh, any progress is welcome. I'm, I'm just glad he was able to, to get that goal in and preferably without yeah, getting himself injured with the, with, the, with the flip or anything like that. So, right. yeah, well, we already have the chip. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the uh, position, though, he's that he's been playing, he's been playing kind of deep periodically because, you know, Arnold's had a suspension here and there. They've been kind of rotating. We've not had um, uh, Nick Ross. You know, we've had we've had to make some shifts. So Matt has been kind of holding deeper for the most part. We see him, you know, climb up the the field a little bit. But I think 
he felt confident, you know, moving, moving forward. And let's face it, when you've got your three top dudes up, up high and Zico covered for Matt, if you notice when Matt did go up, look what Zico did. He dropped and he filled in for Matt. So, I mean, that was brilliant. That's what you're supposed to do, you know, communicate on the field. And I think, I think between our midfield and our, and our attack, I think the communication is really nice. Um, and so we'll talk here in a second about um, Loudon's uh, equalizer because I think there was a little breakdown in communication. I'm not blaming anybody, but you know sometimes things happen. So let's let's move on and and unfortunately talk about the goal that they got against us, which was actually a really nice goal. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, I guess uh, Matt didn't score in the Open Cup either, too. So yeah, that's his his only goal and. Yeah, I might be confusing it with last season. Yeah, mixing <laughs> the belly flop day and, and the other one. But uh, yeah, interesting. Well, I mean, he's been active, right? We've seen him in plenty of games. But yeah, first goal right here of the season. So great, great to see him get his goal. And hopefully we see more guys who haven't gotten a goal. So good, get a goal there as well. But yeah, moving on to the goal that they scored against us in a play that I don't know. I mean, we don't have the entire take to really be able to say it more confidently, but it, at first glance, it looks like it could have been offside. But again, we don't have like a full white shot. Like maybe you do when you're watching like a world cup game or like a premier league and, and so forth. But you know, we just have to actually uh, trust that they did the right decision and it wasn't an uh, offside position there for the player. But other than that, I mean, here's my thing is that Shane is who actually ends up uh, knocking into Danny, right? He ends up like flying <laughs> after knocking into it too. And I think that's, I mean, that's what ultimately opens up the space for the guy who sees the ball there, plays his shot. Yes, we had our two defenders right there, but, you know, sometimes they might get it, but it was a strong shot, went right between them and they got the goal. So, I think Shane should have maybe backed off if he saw that Danny was coming through. But I want to know what you guys think of this. But I I want to place that blame more on Shane for knocking into Danny, right? I feel like that's the number one rule as a defender. Don't get anywhere near your goalkeeper because you don't want to knock into them and then affect their visibility and then, you know, leave the opposition with an open opportunity at goal. Well, I don't know. So not being at the game... I don't know what Danny was saying. I don't know what Shane was saying, but I think everybody did what they were supposed to do. And that is prevent the ball from try to prevent the ball from going in the back of the net. And I was seeing that Shane's mind was that he thought he could get there first and knock the ball at least out of bounds. Cause that was the motion that his body was going through. And then, you know, Danny, of course, it's almost like they greeted each other mid stride everybody you know danny going for the ball shane actually trying to clear the ball out of bounds um you know shane's shane's actually really fast if you if you look at the ground that he had to cover to get back he was faster than lee and lee kind of backed off a little bit but if you see what shane is actually trying to do he's trying to clear the ball at the same time danny's trying to prevent the shot it just was a you know i'm not putting any blame on, i'm i'm personally not going to put any blame on anybody you know, but I don't know if Danny was trying to communicate that he had it, he had it. So, you know, hopefully Shane did not get injured on this play. Um, it's just unfortunate. And they capitalized on this knockdown rebound. So, yeah, that was a tough one. 
there was some mention during the broadcast about the uh, player getting past Jared Timmer, which is super rare. So, Luis, I like your idea that the player could have been offsides because it's super rare that Jared loses sight of an attacker when it's near him. I mean, he's very solid. So, yeah, just just kind of it was a weirdo, a weirdo situation. Yeah, it's just an unfortunate uh, miscalculation. Uh, unfortunately, just like in baseball, you know, the I got it, I got it, and unfortunately. Nobody got it, but uh, <laughs> I can just, sorry. I mean, I can totally see that because we've all seen plays where the second base, you know, drops back, 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 back. And you've got the center fielder and the left fielder coming in at the same time or the right fielder. And then nobody gets it. <laughs> so that, that's exactly what it looked like here. Jared, that was a great analogy. Super analogy. Yeah. So what it comes down to, I mean, we just have to, you know, Work, work on the uh, collaboration a little bit better and just uh, move forward. Yeah. Like I said, Jared rarely loses sight of a player that's near him. Rarely. So that was that was odd. And you know dang well, it's not going to happen again. Not with Jared. Jared's a, such a smart player. So, anywho. Yeah, I'm sure on. it'll get fixed. Hopefully it does. <laughs> because, uh, yeah. That that shouldn't definitely happen, but yeah, I think it's again one of those things where maybe just some more communication, or maybe you know, let your defender know if all that again. We don't really know that, right? We don't really hear right what's going on. But if that didn't go on, then of course, um, hopefully next time no one knocks into Danny because we we need Danny to be there, and I think Danny would have stopped that if uh, he hadn't been uh, knocked out <laughs> there for a second, right? Because we're watching it in like slow motion, but. Had Danny been there, I think he would have had enough response time to go back and at least maybe get a touch to the ball. Maybe it's a corner kick, but yeah. Luckily, that didn't affect the whole game because we actually had more opportunities. The goalkeeper of uh, Loudon again with a few saves and all that. And luckily, after so many opportunities, uh, we finally got our chance with our very own Zico Lewis pulling what, again, I mentioned earlier, could probably be goal of the week, or at least it should be goal of the week candidate because that was a strong play shot in a play where he didn't really have that much space, right? And I think we've seen this from Zico and other opportunities where he built space for himself. He just places his shot. You know, it's like, hey, do your shot. If you get a deflection, it might even be a goal. <laughs> if the shot was going outwards, hits the defender, you might be able to score and it'll still be your goal potentially too, right? So you take your shot. He did that, and he placed it right where no goalkeeper could stop that. I don't care if Danny was in the net. He would not have stopped that either, too. And again, gives us a potential goal of the week. You know what? Anytime you have a spin-and-shoot situation like that, where your back is to the goal, and you literally have, like, one second to deal with everything, he, that that's how fast Zico's brain twitches and how fast his muscles respond. This is why we have Zico on the squad. He has a really good touch, right? He can spin. His center of gravity is so low that he he can he can do things that a lot of the other guys cannot. Plus, he's like super strong. You know, if you think about it, his his strength that his first touch is awesome. Spin and shoot, spin and shoot. You know, we oh gosh, when I used to train the girls, when I used to train uh, under under fourteen uh, girls team, 
that was a lot of our drills was back to goal, spin and shoot, back to goal with pressure, spin and shoot. You got somebody on your back, you figure out where they are, you spin the opposite direction and shoot. This is classic training and he executed it perfectly. And I will tell you, every striker out there has had this drill and they've memorized it with their body and he did perfect execution. Thank you, Zico. Goal of the week, definitely. It was so fabulous. Let's get this thing um, elevated to goal of the week. If anybody from the USL uh, office is listening to our podcast, which I hope you do, I hope everybody's listening to it, but we'll see. Um, get this thing, get this thing fired up. What a shot. Cracker. This also has me in a musical mood. Uh, I know it kind of goes even past my generation, but uh, Perry Como. I mean, all I've got to say is go oh <laughs> <laughs> I, I i mean zico does not go by the name perry but he certainly had everybody down uh, questioning como como it ties in the, the joke ties in so I'll, I'll, oh, okay. I'll move forward on <laughs> oh. yeah that one that what that one didn't work out all that great so are you gonna see yourself out <laughs> See, see, grab your hat and see yourself out. <laughs> I'll get me coat. <laughs> but, but 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 nonetheless, this was absolutely a beautiful goal that that Zico had. I mean, you just know he was working, trying to get all these shots in all match, and then this one, this this beautiful banger, he just he just laid out. I mean, it just it gave Sharon a chance at a point. We'll talk about that later, but it was still. But it was still magnificent goal. I, I hope to see more of this happening by Zico, by by anybody on the club for for that matter. But yes, let's get this on for goal of the week. I mean, Tampa, get it done. Let's get let's get this on the on the week. Yeah, let, let's make sure that they actually vote it for goal of the week because I mean I don't know what other goals were scored there and all that, but come on. I mean the play was great. Zico is used to these shots. Come on. Can't get any better than this to this week, hopefully. Uh, but hey, once again, Tina continuing to show us that Zico was really an all-star guy, right? Uh, so Z I know, Tina, you're listening right now, and you must be really smiling back, right? At like, told y'all, C-Man was going to be making an appearance. And, and this is the time frame to make an appearance because, what like I mentioned earlier, we're just nine games away from the season finale, or I should say season regular season finale. And you gotta be on fire. You're you gotta be scoring those goals in these last few games. So come playoff time, you feel like you're more inspired, right? And you have more of that motivation to say, like, hey, I I ended the season scoring a few goals. Let me keep on scoring a few goals in the playoffs. So great stuff by him. And I think. You know, he's making the argument of like, hey, I could be a starter more often now, right? I don't have to be on the bench. Uh, but taking a look, though, at the third goal, speaking of players who came off from the bench, we saw two guys who were key in that third goal, right? We saw our new guy that comes from, uh, was it Jared Uncle Ruckus FC, I believe? Yep, he, he escaped the clutches of Uncle Ruckus FC. Uh, technically, he was uh, gi given parting ways back on June 30th, but uh, the official announcement uh, was this past week that he had signed a multi-year contract uh, with Republic FC. Uh, Christian uh, Parano. Yeah. 
So Parano for coming from Argentina, played with a few of Argentina uh, top tier teams, right? So he comes from uh, that academy and we know how Argentinian players are. They bring in a different style of play and great for us to see that style of play in our team as well. And what better again than a player who used to play for that team in the event that we play against them in the playoffs? He's going to have, you know, some fire, right? To uh, be in that game if, you know, we end up playing against them, maybe in the final of the Western Conference. Uh, but he got subbed in alongside with, say it with me. Oh, 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 Luther. Well, Jared already said it. He he doesn't realize it now, but he said it. You nope. <laughs> already got the sound bite. <laughs> It, it's gonna make an appearance every single time that nope. Luther scores a goal. No, nope, no, not out of this mouth. Yeah, not a Sharon. Yeah, which uh, we heard why, but um, Jared coined it well. So I'm gonna keep saying it for Jared too. And what well, Jared's gonna be saying it if they if we see a goal by uh, Luther, but uh, both players connecting in this third goal. And I mean, how awesome is it for you to have you know your debut match with the team, right? We know. I mean. Uh, Christian has USL experience, all that, right? But to start with the team, to only have, uh, what was it, maybe like four minutes on the pitch, around four to five minutes on the pitch there, and to just get the ball and see Luther, which has also got subbed in with him as well there, open and to give him that pass just goes to show that Christian has a great vision to play and he connects well with Luther. Luther, all he needs to do is just do like the most lightest of touches, right? He barely touched the ball, but that was just enough to like get the goalkeeper off. I think the goalkeeper was maybe expecting something different, but it was the most simplest of shots. And sometimes that's what you need, right? Just a little quick tap in. Don't, you know, blast it away too. And then <laughs> see the ball, maybe leave the stadium because the stands aren't even that high there. And maybe hit someone's car and, and all that. That's all he needed. He got his goal. This is the second consecutive game in which Luther comes in, scores a goal, and not just that, right, but just made it clear that we got the match, we won, let's not make this any more dramatic, and let's get those three points, and let's fly back to Sacramento because we're done with these away trips. They've been enough already. <laughs> let's go back home after a month. What do you guys think? Well, this was funny because it was the most simplest looking. They, these guys made something difficult look super simple which is a slotted pass right through a crease. Look at that perfect crease right between the two mm -hmm. defenders. Perfect. And Luther, you know, he read that like a cheap novel. He knew it was coming, you know, and boom. And he's even signaling for the ball to be placed exactly there. But Luis, you coined it well. He didn't try to just like overblast, oversell, over, you know, goofball it all up. He literally just guided the ball to the back of the net and it looked like it was slow motion. You know what I mean? Even, even slowed down. It's, it looks slow, but even at regular speed, it looks like it wasn't going to go in, but it did just because he just guided it perfectly. And you know, oh God, I don't want to say this because I hope he doesn't listen. Remember a while ago, I used to say sometimes Luther has the touch of a baby elephant. Um, not, not anymore he's getting so much better. His touch is getting so much better. And this just proves that the man is cut out for soccer. And we just love him coming off the bench. He can make such a difference. He he's like that. You said super sub he's a threat and to have Christian 
come right in and fit in with reading the game and playing and, you know, with ball possession and all that other stuff. It's like, okay, we're so glad we have him. And we're so glad of whom we stole him from. And I'm sure uh, Christiane is super happy to be on our squad because we're all about um, equality, diversity, inclusion, all of those things. And, you know, and we love our Argentinians. I mean, look at Cappy. <laughs> the man was ecstatic when, you know, Argentina won the World Cup. You know, I, and so it's just delightful to have another Argentinian in, in the house. Five minutes. Five minutes is that that is all we needed for a return on investment to, to see Christian, you know, get to work with, with uh, Republic FC. And he did so beautifully, just like you said, that 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 immaculate crease right up the middle in between two defenders. And Luther, all he had to do was just kind of nudge it through, not just blast it and, and send it off to uh, to Lorton or uh, Washington, D.C. or anything like that. Just enough to get past the goalkeeper. That's what we need more of. We we've had, I've seen numerous opportunities this season where it just needs just a little bit of that that English, and just tap it in. But no, we send about five counties forward. But we're getting better. We're getting better at it. So, you know, we're recognizing just how much power is needed to, to get it into the net. Even if the goalkeeper looks like a, a good shot of blocking it, we just need. Enough power, but enough finesse. And that's exactly what happened here that uh, Luther brought. And, of course, Christian creating the, the the perfect opportunity for that. So great, great, great job you know, by everyone involved. I, 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 this is probably my favorite goal right here of this because just the teamwork and the communication and, and, and the, the foretelling that everybody had for this goal. So I, I hope we see more of it as well. It's something, something we need more of. Exactly. I can't wait to talk about the foretelling of things coming up on the 26th because I know you're going to touch on that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, another thing that makes this goal really great is the fact that both players were something at the same time. And I don't think I've ever seen this in the history of the sport, in the history of me watching goals. I don't care whatever part of the world you're talking about. I have never seen the player who assists the goal scorer both get subbed in. And the same exact sub window. I don't know if you guys have, but I, this is a first for me. I've never seen that happen. So it's almost like, were they already like talking to each other while they're right there standing waiting to, to get subbed in? Like, hey, I'm going to do this. You move in here. But we're going to do this. And did they already have it visualized? Or like, you could only imagine right? what was going on. That would be a they good ain't getting to find out. They ain't getting paid by the hour. So they just got in and did, did the job. Yeah. Uh, that's what you got to do, right? <laughs> they yeah. all get bonuses. You know, there was a win there. There's people scoring goals. There's some bonuses flying around, a little bit of bonus money, man. You know, hey, take me out for a pizza. I'll go with you and spend your bonus money with you. <laughs> yeah. Now, post-match, they were also doing a little celebration, right? There's a song oh. involved. <laughs> yeah. You guys, if you guys saw that on uh, the socials? Jared, I, I did. Yeah, I did because it just reminded me of when my AFL team of Port Adelaide Power, who won again this weekend, thank you. That every time they have a win, you know, they form a circle and they just celebrate. They sing their uh, their theme, uh, the power to win, and just to see uh, our players do something similar with a different song. I mean, just just vibing, just celebrating that that win. I mean, just 
another win closer to to the postseason, another win to secure first place, which, by the way, we are back in, uh, thankfully. I mean, uh, it just does my heart great, you know, to see everybody on the same page, just, you know, with the chemistry that that this team has. I mean, you love to see it, and I hope that we can see it for a much, much longer time. Yeah, the team chemistry is a big thing, right? Championship teams usually have good team chemistry, and if you don't have that, and a good culture uh, as well, then, uh, yeah, you don't really have championship teams that way. And I'm glad, especially because let's consider this season, we had some players come back from last season, and we know how last season was. We know how, you know, we were all so close to winning the Open Cup, and how we just got eliminated in the playoffs and, you know, the players still gave it their all. Yeah, this season came through. We had a few players leave, not that much, right? A lot of our uh, players came back and to still see that chemistry going around, uh, you know, with the new additions, because you never know, right? You sign two, three new players. You don't know what vibe they're going to bring to the locker room, right? Sometimes one player can ruin it all. That's all you need. But luckily, uh, they've been doing a great job. you know, getting players in the past, I want to say three, four years, hands down, everyone in the front office, they've been doing a great job. I mean, we could think to the early years, there were some players that, you know, well, Sharon, they were, there was something else, right? And they were kind of messing a little bit with that locker room vibe and the results are on the pitch, right? Yes. The first season we were champions, all that, but we went through a few years and, you know, now that we're looking at the 10 year celebration in which we didn't have that. And now seeing this, now seeing the videos getting posted of that, it just goes to show you, right? If there is that good team culture that gets transferred onto the standings, that's why we're where we're at now. And you see it translated to these goals where a new player who's only been with us a few days already gets it, right? Already knows where to place the pass. <laughs> so awesome stuff. I'm really glad they got him too. Uh, I mean, we need as much players as this guy that have great vision and that can give a great assist as uh, he did there. And this might be the new, like, you know, uh, uh, like two subs that we see in every match, right? Maybe Christian and Luther understand each other. Well, Hey, so I'm in, you got two players that understand each other. Just like when we used to have uh Roro and our uh, Douglas Martinez, remember when like they had that good chemistry off the pitch on the pitch, they understood each other. Well, well, it's also great to have that among some players on the bench. So when they both get subbed in, you still have some chemistry going on there, right? Good point. Good point. So, so three yeah. points, not good point, three points on a road, on a road win on the East Coast, probably weird weather. And we come home and this coming weekend, I know we're going to talk stats and I know we're, we got to talk, you know, standings, but we don't have to talk too much about that because we don't have to like be in a freak out mode at this point because mm-hmm. there's now kind of a nice comfortable gap between us and the middle of the table. It feels much more comfortable. You talked about that earlier. Like Jared mentioned, we are back to be in first place. And thank you so much to Monterey Bay because they went to San Antonio and they tied 0-0. And thanks to that, Guess what? We're back, you know, to having the same amount of matches played. They are one point behind us, but no longer is it that they have one more game. And if they win that game, they could be above us. Nope. We're still above. It doesn't matter if it's just a point. Uh, that, that's all that matters there. But 
the team we are going to be playing against this Saturday, Orange County, has seen quite the jump. Y'all remember at the beginning of the season when we got our first loss against them, we were like, oh, they're down there. I think I forgot if they were maybe ninth place or 10th place, uh, but they were down there in the table. Well, guess what? They're in third place now, 40 points, same gameplay as we do, eight points behind. This is going to be a critical match for us because this is a team that could get relatively close to us, right? If we lose against them, we're going to have five points behind us. Uh, but talk about a comeback story for them. And uh, it's going to be a dangerous team. Any team that has like a fantastic second half of the season is one team that you got to be like on fuller on because there's a team that is like full steam ahead. They're trying to be as high as possible to get that hosting game for playoff time. But not only that, but they're going to want to make a run for first place, which is crazy to say. But, hey, they, they could make that run if they get the win next Saturday. Just like I've always said these past couple of years, and I know everybody's tired of this uh, broken record, but it's truth to it. Orange County has always been a pain in our rectum for, for the past several years. We we Earlier this year, like, like uh, Luis alluded to, uh, Orange County was practically dead last, and yet they still handed us the L. So we kept, if there's any team we should not take lightly, even if they are falling down or, or anything like that, it's Orange County. I mean, they've they've always had our number. We've maybe had a couple times uh, here and there where we've kept up with them or beat them. I know last year we, we beat them, uh, I want to say 3-1 or 4-1, one of those times, because uh, this was a back when they had seriously fallen off from winning the title the year before. But I, I definitely say Orange County is going to have a top four finish at, at this rate. I mean, it'd be great great if we can beat them, but it's it's really going to be a tough one to, to gauge, I mean, with, with the hot streak that they're on. So much like uh, Sharon was deathly afraid of Monterey, I'm scared brown butterless uh, going up against Orange County, to be honest. I know this is going to be enough pressure on the Republic FC because we're playing at Hughes Stadium for the first time since uh, 20, uh, 2014, or at least on a somewhat regular basis. So there's already enough pressure on that. And then adding on the fact that we're playing against a hot team like Orange County, uh, yeah, it kind of makes me wish that Alka-Seltzer started making that to antacid gum again. But unfortunately, they discounted it, or discontinued it, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... That's that's all that'll be. And also, not just Orange County, but keep in mind, we're also going to travel to Phoenix. Well, Jared knows it well, right? Actually, fresh from Sacramento, right? You're going to be uh, watching that game because uh, that's next uh, week, right? Following the game on, on the 30th at Phoenix. Next, yep. Next Wednesday, the day after I get back uh, from Sacramento. So I've already got that uh, day taken on PTO. So if any, any of our listeners are in the uh, Arizona area, uh, let me know. Uh, we're going to keep up the beer curse by going to Oso Brewery. Uh, location yet to be determined, but whichever one has the Phoenix uh, ri Rising Lager, I'm going to be sure to do my part and down one or two pints of those because we need to make it 0-5. I mean, we're at 0-4 right now where anytime I've drank in one of their beers, Phoenix has lost. It's time to make, make it 0-5 uh, on not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday after the Hughes match. Yeah, hopefully you, you bring back that curse for uh, Phoenix so that way uh, we get that, just like you did with the last game we played against them, <laughs> which was really uh, appreciated too. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, there, there was definitely big wars, Fred. Not only three points for us, but uh, rainfall for, uh, for us here in Arizona five minutes after the match ended. 
oh, well, <laughs> and not just that as well, but then we come back Saturday to California, but we don't come back to Sacramento. We come back to Oakland, who is fourth place. So we're going to be playing against third, fourth, and seventh place in a matter of a week because those three games are there. So that's why yesterday's win was so important. You needed to get the three points because we're in for three critical matches, right? A lot gets defined there. If you get the three points in every match, we might even already be able to say, like, we guaranteed home advantage. So, And I'm still nervous about Orange County. I didn't pipe in earlier because I was checking some of their stats. You know, for them to beat Charleston Battery yesterday was um, pretty handy for them. It was 2-0, and Charleston's no slouch. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we have every, every right to feel the way we feel us, three of us about, you know, this is going to be a little tough stretch and the guys are going to have to cobble it together and do everything right. Um, and pull that trigger, man. We just got to keep blasting at the net because, you know, you make 11 shots on target. Three of them are going to go in. We found out last night. Yeah, and also, I mean, the, the week before, they beat Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh is currently in first place. I mean, once OC beat Pittsburgh, Bob Lilly, the coach of uh, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, spent nearly an hour in the middle of the, of the field just not berating, I guess, but uh, definitely giving a, a quite stern chat to, to his team after the loss to, to Orange County there at Irvine. So to see Bob Lilly, one, one of the uh, biggest names of coaching – and the USL championship get th- down that hard on the Riverhounds. That kind of tells you something about Orange County. Well, it also tells you something about Bob Lilly needing to, uh, he should have been, sorry, a coach should not spend an hour dealing with the team loss. A coach, unless they, the team was talking at the same time, you know, the players were going through and doing this. What he was actually doing was venting his frustration on the players. And that's never a good thing to do as a coach you vent your frustration to your fellow coaches and you come up with a plan to deal with how you speak to the team with respect to the the situation at hand. I don't know. I, you know, unless he knows his players that well, that can be very demoralizing unless Mm. they were allowed to also express themselves in the moment. Um, Because, you know, there's this thing called the positive coaching Alliance. And you know, if I, I'm just going to leave that right there. That's all I need to say about all of that. I've yeah, been in the yeah. same boat, you know, and literally have to, you have to count to three or 10, however much it takes when you feel that kind of frustration, anxiety, and for, mm-hmm. you know, for all that and anger, you just cannot, you can't blast your players. Cause then, you know, then you, then you come back to this, uh, what do you call, um, Oh, you have to come back and apologize, you know, sometimes. And that's never a good thing to do. I mean, in any relationship to do something that you're, that you have to apologize for later, you got to take that second or two first to go, is this the right avenue? Because am I going to regret saying what I'm saying? Anyhow. Yeah, no, I agree. One hour is excessive. Plus, he has to consider he had to travel cross country to Orange County and it was just a 1-0 loss. And beyond that, I mean, this is an Orange County team that we just mentioned it, right? I mean, they, they're coming off a really amazing streak. Like, keep in mind, they haven't lost since July 9th when they lost against RGV. And ever since then, they've already tallied. This is six victories that they have now consecutively since then. 
So talk about a team being on fire, moving on. That's 27 points they didn't have before. So they're clearly doing what I'd say, right? Any team that's slower, like it's possible. All you need is just a one uh, or like two, three consecutive wins to feel like, hey, you know, we're, we'll steam ahead. Let's keep going. Let's <laughs> keep going all the way to first place. So it's up to us to make sure that we stop that. <laughs> Not that, you know, we're wishing them uh, bad, but at least for Saturday, we want to get the three points. And then if they want to keep winning and all that, and then taking down San Antonio, which they will be playing against uh, uh, towards the end of September there, that, hey, then keep doing so too, eh? The more people, uh, the more <laughs> the more teams that take down Uncle Ruckus FC and push them down on the table, the better, right? Let's have some uh, California teams dominating the top four in the table. So if we make it to maybe uh, the final and we're not in first place, then we could still travel here around California and bring more people to a match. So great to see that. Now, in the standings, Monterey is the one team in California that has continued to fall through. And I don't know how you feel about that, Sharon, but they're in 11th place now. The team that... Uh, you had high hopes for is uh, having a just weird fall right after like I mean even the game we played against them they weren't like an 11th place team they didn't seem that way <laughs> yeah this is this this one hurts just because I know what Frank Yellow and you know his players are capable of and this this just this is troublesome it's very troublesome because Monterey wasn't like this before so but you know at the end of the day Every team has to occupy a spot on the table. And <laughs> unfortunately, it's, you know, in my heart, it's unfortunate for Monterey to be there. Um, you know, I'd, I'd much rather see like RGV or New Mexico or Phoenix down at that spot because, you know, it's California <laughs> and we kind of want all of our California teams to do well. And thankfully, even though Jared lives in Arizona, he doesn't care that much for Phoenix Rising. <laughs> Only if they're playing against uh, uh, San Antonio. That's then, true. then I, but at least Frank can take solace in the fact that they're not going to be getting a wooden spoon. If results stay like this, that wooden spoon's getting shipped off to Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor okay. Las Vegas. They're they're in dead last, and I don't think they're going to get out of it in the Western Conference there. Uh, but uh, yeah, first place though is for us, and not just first place in the West, but overall. I'd also say that too, because Riverhounds are one point behind. They have one more game than we do, so. Great news. And why do I always mention that? Because, well, if we make it to USL Cup final, that means it would be in Sacramento. And who doesn't want to see a, a repeat in our 10-year anniversary? How epic would it be for us to host another USL Cup final? That okay. would be the perfect story. But don't jinx it, Luis. I know you're hopeful, but I would say, oh, my gosh, no, you didn't say You didn't just say that. Stop. Well, Let's uh, yeah, keep that... Let's keep that dream inside for now. When it gets closer to October, November, then we can start bringing it out. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, closer. Luis <laughs> so is so ready. But, it's like, no, 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 no projecting. No, we can't. We can't. We got to stay right here in the moment. Let's just yeah. talk about the 26. Okay. We talked yeah. about the 26. It's going to be at Hughes Stadium. So let's go ahead and talk about the podcast winner dinner because Jared is making history here in this round of our competition. He's got to thank the referee so much because Sac Republic actually got a yellow card. And what do we say, right? Whenever we don't agree on who's going to get the first yellow card, someone's going to get a point, right? Because unless no one gets yellow cards, which I have yet to see a match without a yellow card for Sac Republic. So that's what happened. Sac Republic got the first yellow card. He got the point. 
we didn't get anything else right. None of us did. So with that one point, he actually ties Sharon for first place. So Jared is officially in first place, tied, but still in first place for the first time in our competition. And I am in, well, actually, I am in second place technically, right? You guys are tied for first. <laughs> I should be second, right? With 15 No, points. the way it goes. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Nope. 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 So who's second then? If you guys are there tied is for no first. second. Oh, it's a tie, it's a tie for first and then uh, third place. <laughs> That's how it goes. Because if Sorry, they, because you, you little buckaroo. <laughs> and Sharon, could, it could have actually uh, got, gotten a point as well had it not been for Luther getting the goal. But I, I'm sure she doesn't totally mind. I mean, she's probably just a little bit upset about it. But but the old, the end result is we still won. Because she picked two one for the score, and it it could have stayed that way, but but no, we got we got a pile on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Luther, for ruining it for me. But I love you, man, for ruining it for me because that's the way to go, and that's the way to get three points, and that's the way to score a goal. So, go Luther. One more point for Jared, and just makes things more interesting up in the battle for first place there. So. Did y'all write it down? Everybody write theirs down. I didn't write it down, but I'll go first since I didn't have it written down. And I don't think I went first. I haven't gone first section a pretty long while here. Uh, but yeah, in my prediction, it's going to be a tough one. And we know Orange County is at it and all that. So I am going to say that we get a 2-1 win for Sac Republic. And it's going to be pretty even. Oh, don't tell me you also see it. She also said two one. All right. Well, that's that's how it goes. I didn't even I didn't see that before. Uh, but for first goal scorer, and I think Jared's gonna touch on this here briefly, but I'm gonna say Roro gets the first goal, and it's gonna be off a PK call. And now if Roro isn't on the pitch, then I'm gonna say that Russell gets the goal, and first yellow card is gonna go to OC. Please referee. Don't make us look bad. It's our 10th anniversary match. Don't give us a first yellow card, right? It's like, I get it. You're going to give us the first yellow card in a game at Hart Hill Park. But at least for this game, please, just just don't. Don't ruin the celebration. We don't want to see us get the first yellow card. And I want to get a point. So, please. All right. Who's next? I hate you. I totally hate you, except for the goal scorer. So, so I had the same score line, 2-1, with <laughs> us winning. But... I have uh, Russell scoring, and if he doesn't see the pitch, which is unlikely because the man will play through a broken ankle, I swear. Um, <laughs> then Luis Felipe, because I have a funny feeling he's coming on and he's going to feel lucky. Um, but that's only if Russell doesn't see the pitch. I should just put Luis Felipe first, but whatever. I, I did not. So here's the weird. So I did some research on yellow card accumulation per team. Guess who's like right almost at the top of the table or is at the top of the table is Orange County. And so it's obvious that you would pick Orange County to get the first yellow in a match because they're like light years ahead of us and accumulating cautions and yellows and reds and all that other crap. So dang you, I picked the same thing because I did my research. I was just saying it just because I just don't want the referee to run the party. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I'm hoping that. You yeah, Jared, that. just pick Sacramento and get yourself another freaking point. <laughs> Who does this writing down thing with the predict? Oh, right. Yeah. 
But uh, score wise, I am going to go two two tie. As much as I would love uh, Republic to win, I got to be realistic. It's it's going to be a slugfest. So I'm going to say two two tie. First goal. I am. Hmm. That's going to be a tough one there. You know, I, I'm going to go Zico for for my first goal. I was and if I think that's a good choice. And I am going to say Luis Felipe if uh, you know, for my second choice. And you know, with with, with all the accumulations Orange County has, everything like that. We got to remember some of the referees aren't exactly too kind. Although lately they have been down the middle. I'm going to say somehow we end up pulling the first yellow. So Republic <laughs> with the first yellow. I was like, where's he going with this? Sharon was like, oh, no. <laughs> I saw your expression change too. It was like, is he going to do OC? It, it sounded like you were going to say OC. My expression changed because you saw a number that I pointed to with my finger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're tied for first place. <laughs> oh, she's, you just guys, re- yeah. she's just reminding me that, that I'm finally in first place, <laughs> even if it's a tie. You guys are going to have the best moment, especially since both of you are going to be at the match. Uh-huh. Looking at the referee and analyzing where that yellow goes. So, yellow. so I know, Jared, even though he's going to get a good seat, so he's going to go sit over in Tower Bridge Battalion. I know that. He's just going to go over there. So I'm going to be texting him and blowing up his phone if everything starts like happening in his little world the way he expects it to. I'm going to be like, I'm ruining your minutes. I'm sinking your phone. I'm going to ruin. I'm going to. No, I'm kidding. I won't do that to Jared. I love him. <laughs> Either way, it's, it's going to be a good one this coming up Saturday. That, that, that's all I know. I just hope that our. Uh, um, I, I I hope that the postage stamp size artificial turf field doesn't screw any of us up because it's not good. And I'm trying to remember if that one has a concrete lip around it because it has a uh, it had a gravel track. I think it has now a, 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 a rubber track, but it's it's just it's just a it's a rubber track. That's right, it's a rubberized track. I don't like the field. I honestly, I I do not like playing at Hughes Stadium for the field only. I, I love the atmosphere and the, you know, the round and the arena feel of it. Um, but I just, I hate that field. I hate the pitch. It's so small. It's so small. I hope our guys are training on small, you know, and working the, working the game on a small field, literally 68 yards wide, maybe 70 if they're lucky with a bad tape measure. Yeah. Hopefully they get adjusted to it. Again, it's just going to be one match, but it is going to be a special one. So I know the guys are going to want to make sure they get the win, right? Because it's going to be all party. We want the win and it's dual purpose, right? You want the win for the party, but you also want the win so you don't see Orange County get closer (laughs) in the table as uh, we described earlier. But Jared, as you mentioned before we started recording, and as Sharon mentioned uh, earlier before we got into this year, there's something that you wanted to mention, right? There's an idea that you have that might happen or we're hoping happens on Saturday. Well, this is not going to be necessarily a USL Unsolved Mystery, but more Republic FC centric. Uh, for those of you that remember the news from earlier this summer, uh, there was the announcement that within the next 60 days, uh, 
at that time, late June, that we would hear an announcement uh, for the uh, stadium, whether it be an update or n- new information, anything like that. And, um, oh, how can I put it this way? Uh, we're coming up close to that 60th day. So this brings up a whole lot of uh, what ifs and uh, what to expect or can we expect that kind of thing. First of all, the, the stadium announcement, it's getting close to due with, with that 60-day notice. Uh, and I'm sure Kevin's probably chopping at the bit, waiting on when to announce it. So if it does get announced on that same day, does it get announced before the match happens? Do they make a special halftime announcement uh, with, with the video or anything like that? And, of course, uh, Roro, we've been seeing he's been working out. I mean, thankfully, he's almost o- o- over the over the hump with his uh, recent injury. So with uh, Luis Felipe coming back this past weekend, could we possibly see uh, Roro come back? Maybe limited minutes, you know, possibly later in the game or maybe playing the first portion of the first half or so and then subbing out just so at least he can be deemed a starter. That's really up in the air. It would be really great to see. I mean, the fans would, uh, would love to see Roro back on the field, even if it's just for maybe five minutes, 15 minutes, first half, who knows? Uh, so there, there's a lot of questions as far as what we're going to experience. Uh, one item that I do know for certain is uh, there will not be any tailgating at Hughes Stadium, mainly because of Los Rios Community College rules and regulations uh, against it. Uh, but they will they will have alcohol being served at the match for those 21 and over. Uh, but another thing is, what are the post-match festivities going to be? I mean, especially if we win, we're going to want to party our backsides off. So what's going yeah, to be in store for a post-match? Pre-match, we already have a good idea. We're going to have a, a pre-match over at Track 7, which I'm going to do my best to get over there. Uh, and also, there's the uh, giveaway of the first uh, 10000 or 12000 There's a commemorative shirt being given out by schools for uh, the Federal Credit Union. So that would be something I would love to get into. I mean, hopefully, they'll have close to a 2XL, preferably a 3X. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a whole day of fun but also a whole day of mystery what does this 10-year anniversary match have in store for us the fans whether we just joined last year or if we are a day one from 2014 i mean it's, it's going to be so much fun just uh uncovering the the mysteries reliving the memories making new ones but i'm all for it i cannot wait yeah. i can't wait either it's going to be fun seeing you and Luis. gosh darn it really wish you were going to be there um you know but you have other things that you're working on and other things that you're doing and we're going to miss you because this would have been another uh podcast reunion so to speak but, yeah. yeah yeah but I'll, I'll be i'll be watching it there on tv so i'll have <laughs> i'll be able to actually see a Hughes stadium on tv live uh for a while right i don't even recall if i ever saw a game live on tv at Hughes stadium i don't think i ever did so I'm looking forward to that. And like I said, hopefully maybe in the future, uh, they uh, go back there, do a game, take advantage of the higher capacity. I know the field size isn't ideal, like you mentioned, Sharon. But yeah, should we ever have another game where we need the additional capacity, then that would be a great option uh, there as well. But I think that, and this is why I guess the Roro is my first goal scorer there, but I think he's going to make a comeback for this match. And, you know, the team has been out one month traveling and all that. 
but I have a feeling, and we've kind of already seen him write like training on his own uh, in the meantime in the past few uh, weeks. But I got a feeling that they had him stay in Sacramento to get ready for this match because, just like you said with uh, Russell Sharon, how like it takes a lot for him to to miss a match. I think Roro is probably like I don't care like like how many minutes I play in this match. I gotta be in this match. And there's no way that we see a match on Saturday unless, like, he, you know, something happens, he gets injured again or anything, which hopefully that does not happen ever again. But uh, I think we're going to see him. I think there's no doubt in my mind that they've been preparing him for this match. They want to make sure that he is match ready. And I don't think he's going to start, though, but hopefully we get surprised and he does start. But I think he will be in the bench. And I think he'll play at least half an hour is my guess. And all that. We should probably have that as a little bonus extra credit, a podcast winner dinner. How many minutes is Roro going to play and give a range and see who gets it right and all that. But you guys are probably like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no more extra credit points. <laughs> that's that's what we're going to stay at. But that's my prediction for that. But we're going to see him. He's been featured in the advertisements for the match. They did a feature on him, right? He had the jersey on. He was there at the stadium. He's going to be there. I'm already seeing it, y'all. So if you're going to the match, you're going to see Roro there. And I don't have any like insider information or anything like that. I'm just saying it because I'm seeing the promotions. We know how special he is to the club. He is going to be there. But my prediction is 30 minutes too. But it could be maybe just five minutes. But he is going to step on that pitch for sure. So I hope y'all uh, give him a... An amazing round of applause as he gets subbed in, and which I'm sure everyone will. The whole stadium is going to sound. People well, are going to hear it all around. Connor's going to make sure, and so is um, um, Jamie Coffey. They're going to make sure that whatever whatever is happening around Row and the the players from you know 2014 that come out, uh, there's going to there's there's going to be something real special and real sweet to experience at Hughes Stadium besides the post stamp size field. <laughs> And I'm sure they're going to bring the USL trophy, right? For people to take pictures with again and all that. Oh, that would be it's awesome. But I'm thinking. And if they're not, there you go, you guys. Bring the trophy out. Place yeah. it out around the stadium. And, t- you know, people will take pictures with it. A lot of people have never even seen it in person, especially now that there's no team store or, like, publicly open team That's store. True. So, uh, yeah, get that out there. Maybe bring a machine so people can uh, uh, have their name on a jersey. That's an idea. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There, that so. would be awesome if they could do pressing right then and there like they do at many other stadiums. Yeah. And do any other thing that we can't do at Harhill Park. I hope they take advantage. It's like the one game. <laughs> what are things that College Sport does not let us do? Do it at this game. Take advantage of it because it's going to be a while till we get our own stadium. So do everything we can't do over there. <laughs> That's true. Well, I... I- I doubt they're going to let us pop smoke over there. I mean, even though it's not a state of California property, I'm sure Los Rios Community College uh, District will probably still frown upon that. But, but, but I totally get the spirit uh, on that. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see what we can do that we're allowed to do. I should say that that uh, that we can't really do at Heart Health Park. But I I know it's just going to be madness over there, and. The transportation opportun- uh, options are going to be even better than Cal Expo because one, of course, you've got light rail, the uh, the city college station, but you also have a couple bus uh, stops uh, around there as well by the campus. So, you know, let's not use parking as an excuse to, to not make it. I mean, unless you're 
far out of the area, but uh, if you're within public transit range, definitely look into it. In fact, uh, the team has actually partnered with uh, RT to make light rail free for, for those with the ticket. So that's mm-hmm. something that's been uh, emphasized as well. Well, there you go. I mean, no excuses now. <laughs> free transportation, sign me up, right? <laughs> well, that game again is going to be this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. there, y'all. Have fun. Check it out. And uh, not just that, but we're going to be playing on Wednesday again. So tune in on TV. If you're traveling, send us a message. We'll link here with Jared so you could uh, meet Jared in person here and enjoy the match maybe together, too, if there's an away section there that you guys will be sitting at. And then next weekend, let us know if anyone's going to that match uh, on Labor Day weekend at Oakland. If any of you can go, go, because it's going to be a... Quite an awesome match. Uh, I'm still on the fence if I'll go. There's a potential that I might. I don't know if anyone else here. Or, uh, well, not Jared, right? <laughs> You're going to travel, but I don't know, Sharon, if you were thinking about it. But I'm on the fence. It's going to start at 7 p.m. on September 2nd. So You know, I my sister and I have talked about this because it's a really easy drive. If I swing through Davis, it's a really easy drive to Cal State Hayward going the back way. And trust me, we used to know that route, like the back of our hand, because our, our father, when he was younger, they had a house right behind CSUA or East Bay, Cal State East Bay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And so, it, I mean, like, we know how to get there, sneaky, sneaky, back way sort of stuff. So, yeah, it would be, I think she and I might might spend a minute and I think we might go. We're, I'll put it out there again for her. Yeah, so that's what's ahead, y'all. Oh, also, um, and you guys don't know this, Sharon, Jared, but I think for the next show, Sharon actually might be the host because uh, I am going to be out of town and we do have the game on Wednesday. So we're going to want to put this pod out um, as soon as possible. So, uh, and I don't know, maybe if Sharon, Jared, you could record it at the same spot. That might help. And then bring a guest. And then you guys are just recording one spot with the Zoom. <laughs> Passing the microphone around or having a multiple microphones there but just as a it's an idea there well we'll see i know jared's gonna be his dance card on sunday is gonna be kind of full um i think scott has some things up his sleeve for you but uh, we'll see yeah or maybe two two guest co-hosts too yeah i mean there's there's always maybe sunday morning probably maybe like well after checkout time or something like that who knows but uh we'll uh we'll sort something out uh hopefully i won't be uh too, too uh, indisposed in the morning because of the night before. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just a heads up for everyone that Sharon is going to be back to hosting duties, introducing the show and all that. And then I'll still be posting it, though, right? So we get it out earlier. So we have that uh, before the Phoenix game. And you guys might also want to talk about the Oakland game might as well. Just cover the whole entire week. And then I'll send my predictions. So they'll have both of the games there. And uh, yeah. We'll have some uh, guest uh, co-hosts who we'll be asking around. So Sounds like a plan, Stan. All right. Well, any uh, last final parting words here before we say goodnight, Sharon, Jared? Hey, just go Republic. Come on. Keep it up. Keep up the thing. And uh, Viva España. They just Mm -hmm. won the Women's World Cup, which was expected but not expected. Cannot wait to get out there this uh, next week. So... Anyone that chats with me, more than likely, you're, you're going to hear uh, maybe, maybe, uh, how can I put it this way? Uh, 
probably going to be hearing Phoenix Sky Harbor announcements coming coming from me if you're in my brain right now. So I'll put it that way because I am that pumped to to get uh, ready to fly out there Friday night and I see everybody. I want to see everybody as much as possible as I can on Saturday. I mean, it, it's going to be like old times. I mean, just like coming 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 out for the first uh, home match that I did in 2018, but it's going to be even bigger than that. So I got to see anybody and everybody out there Saturday. Please come through and go Republic. Yeah. And just uh, mentioned earlier, y'all, if you're going to the game, have fun. Uh, Enjoy it. It's going to be quite the celebration. Ten years. It's crazy, right? Time has gone by uh, really quick. But lots has happened in ten years. And we're looking forward to the next ten years and what they'll be bringing to the table. Potentially celebrating the 20th anniversary at a new stadium. (laughs) Maybe celebrating the 15th anniversary. At a new stadium is what I would hope or I would imagine so. But again, stay tuned. Uh, I'm with Jared. I think there's going to be probably something being announced. And I have a feeling that it will be at halftime. That's another prediction of mine <laughs> to throw into a list of predictions for uh, Saturday's game. But it should be a fun one. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing all the stories, seeing what y'all are going to be sharing there. And uh, seeing back, seeing Roro back on the pitch is going to be... Uh, really awesome uh, and uh you know towards the end of the season here so i'm glad that you know he's he's been training back and we'll surely be seeing him uh come playoff time too all right everyone well we hope you all have a great night thank you so much for listening to our shows as usual we appreciate it if you have anything you'd like to let us know if you'd like to send us uh, your thoughts on anything or send us some statistics whatever we maybe haven't covered Check out SacSoccerPod.com and feel free to uh, send us anything that you'd like there. And also as another avenue to listen to our uh, shows as usual. If you're in the event that you're planning on canceling that Spotify subscription or maybe you just don't want to open an app anymore and you just don't want to look at that. Or maybe you're on the computer and you're like, I don't I don't want to like log into Spotify. Well. That's your place to be able to listen to every single episode and not have to pay a dime. Well, other than pay for internet or unless you're, you know, maybe <laughs> like getting free Wi-Fi somewhere off Starbucks, then that's another thing. <laughs> All right. I went off on a little tension there. <laughs> Everyone have a great night. And you'll hear Sharon hosting next week here on State of the Republic podcast. My knees are shaking. Cue the music. Jared has some... <laughs> thoughts about it's not really a usl unsolved mystery but what oh we have to do the freaking podcast dinner winner Ugh. yeah let's do that before yeah i'm glad you mentioned that and uh yeah jared there should have probably yeah. mentioned it. yeah it uh, looks like we might want to do a, a, a re a re comeback or whatever on that to dump that part yeah as far <laughs> as uh yeah re- redo it i guess yeah yeah well usl well yeah, i was gonna say usl unsolved mystery <laughs> Yeah, our um, podcast dinner, winner dinner. Mystery, right? Mystery. Because be why enough. the hell is Jared tied with Sharon? <laughs> That's never <laughs> happened. So, all right, let me rewind that part right there. Say it with me. Oh, 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 oh Luther. Oh, Archie Archie Mad. Mad. No. <laughs>